Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober's Dope Podcast with your host, Pop Buchanan. Today's episode, I want to talk about more benefits of sobriety, and I also want to share some testimonies with you guys today. Um, as you know, the goal and purpose of the Sober's Dope Podcast is to highlight the benefits of sobriety and to kind of like shed light on the journey of recovery um, throughout the Sober's Dope community and um, everyone that participates. Um, There's many um, people out there who listen and they um, find great benefit from the podcast. I find great benefit from their stories. And the thing about recovery is a give and take and kind of like a piggyback system. I piggyback off of someone else's story. They piggyback off of mine. I get inspiration from someone's story. They get inspiration from mine and so on and so forth. That's why it's important to share. And I'm sharing all aspects of my life in relationship to my recovery to bring hope to someone who may be able to benefit from it. Um, You know, when I was in deep in my addiction, I didn't it would have been really cool to have someone that I could. Well, I had people I, I looked up to that was actually in recovery. Um, but it wasn't vocalized the way I'm trying to do it. Like, it would have been really cool to see someone like a rapper, somebody that I admired, that was actively just like, look, sobriety is cool. Stop drinking. Stop doing drugs. Stop killing yourself. And the message being that clear, I think, could benefit a lot of people because... I had no idea about anything. I didn't know about the 12 steps. I didn't know about, you know, life after recovery. I didn't know what the benefits of sobriety was. I didn't think my life would be interesting. I didn't think I'll be interesting. I didn't know if I'll be healthy. I didn't know how to, if I would be able to cope. I didn't understand any alternatives. I didn't know anything. So all the addict knows is their body is telling them that they need to use more and more and more to feel better. So whether it's drugs or if you're, if you, or, or it's alcohol or if it's any other type of addiction, you, it's kind of tough. Um, a lot of people I love are still struggling with addiction and I see it on a daily basis and, you know, um, I pray for them daily and I hope they get to the point to where they see it and find the courage to come around because a lot of it is courage. You're betting on yourself. You're taking a chance on yourself, right? Because, you know, addiction is gives you something. It gives you a certain feeling. It gives you a certain chemical response. It's chemical dependency. It's something that you're getting. Um, and when you, someone thinks about removing that, removing that from their life, that substance, that thing, it could lead to a certain level of uncertainty. And uh, for me, I, I just really have to pray for those who still in the struggle because the bottom line is you have to choose yourself. You have to love yourself enough to say, look, I'm going to go cold turkey. I'm going to go into rehab. I'm going to do the steps. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get this monkey off my back. And I took that journey and millions of other people have taken that journey and millions of people 
will soon take that journey. So every day we're having someone come into the fold that's like, look, I'm one year sober, I'm one day sober, I'm one week sober, I'm 20 years sober. You know, it's a really cool thing. And that's why I'm so compelled to continuously do this podcast and bring the message to you because even if one or two people was hearing this, I just, I'm I'm happy to give you guys hope because you give me hope. All right. Um, so I want to read some testimonies today that was submitted to the Sober is Dope project. And as I get some testimonies, I'll read them to give you a sense of the community. You guys always hear me talk about the Sober is Dope community. Although it's still small, I guarantee you in time it's going to be gigantic. And there's strength in numbers. And I thank everyone within the Sober is Dope community. And I thank them for all their support. So before I start reading some of the testimonies, I just wanted to thank a lot of our supporters. Um... Val the Voice, if you're out there, thank you for your continued support, bro. Um, check out um, I Motivate um, um, for that's from Val the Voice. I'll put the link to his podcast in the show notes. Um, Valentine has always been like a bigger brother to me, and this guy's always been a really good example of what a solid business per- person was, a family man. And a real a real man, like he's a real tough dude and a real intelligent dude. He's smooth. And it's like he has all the aspects of a solid guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's a real dude. Like, if you know what I'm talking about, us Brooklyn guys, it's thorough. But this is a thoroughbred. But he does it with grace and class. And he's dope, man. And he's definitely inspirational to me. Um, so I wanted to thank him. I wanted to shout out Bishop Lamar Whitehead. Um... Yo, Bishop Lamar is one of my day one friends, and he he has um, he's a very powerful bishop in Brooklyn, and he's the leader of the leaders of Tomorrow Brooklyn Ministries, and um, this this he's very amazing. This guy has he does he brings the hip hop community into the the into God. He really preaches from the pure, unadulterated word of God or unaltered word of God. And he's just really solid. Um, being He's in my peer group. We grew up together. We're one year apart. And to see someone that's been through so much just excel, con- constantly excel, is, is very inspirational, you know, because I'm very young. And to have one of my friends that I grew up with to be a real solid certified bishop with the authority to be a bishop and to lead a flock is totally inspirational so bishop lamar whitehead if you're out there thank you um and um shout out to you and your ministry um i also want to thank my mentor mark mark has always been there for me throughout my whole life and you know Mark has always been an example of what sobriety and love and sacrifice should be. And he always used to tell me, Joseph, why don't you just go to AA? You need to go to AA. You need to just go to AA every day. And I used to be like, what are you talking about? Like, just going to some place for what? Like, how is that going to help me? And until I went to rehab and actually went to AA, I got it. Like, if I listened to him back then, I would have been sober a long time ago because AA definitely helps 
as far as community and working the steps is definitely a high success rate. So shout out to Mark for um, being an early inspiration and being like my dad and just always being there for me. Um, I want to shout out my man, Evan. Evan, if you're out there, Evan is like, to me, Evan, Anthony, he's just like totally the uh, absolute renaissance man. Like Evan seriously is a superhero type. He's like a superhero to me. Ever sees a, a colleague of mine from college. I mean, this guy's a mathematician. He's a trapeze artist. He's a kung fu master. He's a boxer. He mastered math coding. He's a he's a marathon runner, a bicycle a bicyclist. Um, and so much more. Like this guy can't wait. I always felt like they should do a movie about him because he just goes through life and conquers things so passively. It just moves on to something else. He's a real half man. He's half man and half amazing. That's all I could say about Evan. And believe it or not, um, every day while I get up in the morning, I always think about Evan. I say, yo, you got an Evan. Like the Avengers have the hope. Remember when they was going through that? They was like, well, if we got to fight Thanos, at least we have a Hulk. Or if they had, you know, and I was like, yo... I have an Evan, you know what I'm saying? Worst come to worst, I have an Evan. Somebody out like this guy is definitely a marvel. So I want to thank him because he supports and listens. And um, the people that I'm thinking of, people that's actually part of the Sober's Dope universe, just by listening and supporting the podcast. There's a lot of people who don't struggle with addiction that listens every day and finds some benefit from it. I like to thank my friend Odari. Odari, um, you know, thank you for always being there for me. I spoke about you in a previous episode you're super amazing um you accomplished everything you set out to accomplish when we was in that dorm room on co- in college like you used to come home every day and work on your projects and work on your computer do your art and stuff and i, I was always fascinated by that um so i love you bro and thank you for always putting god in my heart and putting and reminding me of my um my my divinity and spirituality I would like to thank my older brother, um, um, my older brother, Caleb. Caleb, if you're out there, I love you. Thank you for being my, 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 like my dad and my, my loving big bro all the time. Ever since I was a kid and used to teach me how to, used to teach me quotes from John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King, and we had a bunch of jokes, you know, uh, you was teaching me jokes about history, and you was teaching me history through humor, and you used to always let me play with your things when you was um, in college and going to the seminary. I love you, bro. You are, like, the high priest of the planet Earth, man, and I love you with all my heart, and you so cool, and I'm proud to be your younger brother because I can't, man, I can't even, like, come close to how marvelous you are. I'm so honored to have someone so accomplished in my direct bloodline. So you're always an example of excellence, and I love you, and I hope I make you proud because you make me proud every day. Um, I'd like to thank my sister, Mary. Mary is definitely a big dog, and I love her. Um, Mary runs a successful business. She's a successful jewelry business. Her company is named Shop Glam Jewelry. So check her out. Um, And um, 
she's extremely inspirational my younger sister is a beautiful mother she's a teacher she teaches autistic kids she runs a successful business and she makes it look easy and she makes a lot of sacrifices and when the world kind of turned their back on me my family was there to and she was definitely there it was some family members who definitely was just like nah we ain't touching your whole addiction thing you need to just get it together but mary always kept the door open for me she let me when i was um, released from rehab um you know my nieces threw me a graduation party and they was all very young and um it was amazing because they wrote in their little crayons congratulations uncle poppy and that brought tears to my eyes because you never know either kids are watching us and my nieces were watching. They used to. I used to come into the house when I was staying with them after I lost my place, and I would have brandy in my pocket. I'd fall asleep on their bed. They was little. They'll be like sleeping next to me, and I was always drunk. But I was never mean or anything. I just was always drunk. I must have smelled like a wino. My my youngest, um, my, my one of the younger nieces used to say, "Hey, you got a lot of germs. You got a lot of germs." And that was her way of saying that you look crazy. Get away from me. Um, but e- throughout all of that, they were very supportive and compassionate. And when I graduated from rehab and my program and I was able to be on my own, they they threw me a party and they was like, "Keep the good work up." So, like I said, one of the benefits of sobriety is um, being a moral um, compass for the kids and being um, 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 a positive role model for the kids because they they watch and we might think kids don't know they know they know when you're not natural they know when you're doing something wrong they could just look at you kids go off of vibrations so mary if you out there thank you for everything i like to thank my sister christina my, my younger sister christina christina was always stern with me and she always appealed to the my high of uh, my my, my uh, she always appealed to my ability to be better. She always knew that. She always was like, "Look, I recognize you as a champion, and you could do better." And I remember when I was staying with her, because you know the 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 the, 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 the journey is no joke, guys. I mean, you're crashing on couches, you're losing. You know, I was all over the place. Towards the last year, I was like from couch to couch and. And my family would hold me down. And my younger sister was like, definitely. I remember one day where I came in with that beard. She wasn't saying nothing when it was like a couple of beards. But when she saw the pattern, because she said, look, if you're going to stay with me, don't waste my time. She's very matter of fact. She was like, you need, you can't be up in here drinking. You can't be wilding. You know what I'm saying? I can understand if you might need a beer here and there to take the edge off, but you can't be going crazy. And I remember one day I was just going back and forth, back and forth to the store. And then I had came in and she and she came at me and I and I yelled at her and she yelled at me and I yelled at her and she yelled at me and we were just going at it. And I'm like, I'm your older brother. You can't talk to me like that. You need to have some respect. And she was like, you can't. And then it was just bad, and I was sitting there steaming, and she was sitting there steaming, and about an hour passed, um, and then she came into the living room, and she was like, hey, bro, I was like, sis, I'm sorry, and she was like, I'm sorry, too, I love you, I was like, I love you, too, I love you, I'm so sorry, I understand what you're saying, and she was like, I just want you to be better, I don't want you to be going through this, and that's why I'm hard on you, you're a good person, you can figure this out, so... The whole road to recovery, that's what 
it is. It's a journey. It's a road to recovery. Your family's figuring it out. They're going through it with you, right? You're not going through this by yourself. So that's what I'm saying. If you're an addict and you're out there struggling with drugs and alcohol, even though your addiction is a chemical process that makes you sick and you need the drug of choice to get by... You have to find the strength to get over that because you're, you're kind of going to be, you're being selfish to a degree if you don't understand that there's people that are affected. Everyone's affected. Your parents, your bro- your siblings, your friends, the kids, the, the neighbors, the, the community, people are affected. People who love you are affected. And my family's pushing back was good because they didn't necessarily enable my behavior. And I'm one of the older brothers, so I was, I'm was i one of the leaders of the family. So they was looking at me like, you're better than this. And so that's where a lot of the patience came from because I did a lot of great things in my life. As you guys know, I was always kind of a role model. And when I went through the real dark patch and it got unbearable, unmanageable, they just was like, look, we know you, so we're not coming at you crazy. You wasn't always like this, but we know you got to figure this out because it's getting crazy. And that always was in the back of my mind. And that's what, because I knew one day I'm going to have to address this. So every time I took a drink in the back of my mind, I was saying, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. We're going to beat this. And when we get out of this jam, we're never going to look back. So I say that to say, you know, thank you, Chris. I love you. Um... There's so many people to thank. I would like to also thank um, one of the Sober's Dope VIPs, Billy. Um, Billy, thanks again for keeping me posted. We're on day 30. I'm going to read a little bit of our correspondence um, in the next segment when I go over the testimonies. But Billy, I want to thank you for being there and listening to the podcast and utilizing the tools and then giving me the feedback. When you give me the feedback, it helps me. Because sometimes I'm walking, I'm like, I wonder what Bill, I wonder if Billy's okay. I wonder if he heard. I wonder if he's okay. And I always think about you. So if you're part of the Sobers Dope community and you reach out to me, you become part of me, man, my spirit and everything. And I think about you guys when I wake up, I'm like, I wonder what this person's doing. I wonder if this person's okay. I wonder if this person's not struggling and you got your well-being is my well-being your health is my health and i just want you guys to know we're all in this together i like to shout out my friend um shoddy shoddy if you're out there thank you for your support bro because i know you got a lot going on you're busy my friend shoddy was with kevin hart the other day and i was saying online you know um um, I'm happy that Kevin Hart had the honor of meeting Shadi because Shadi's a big deal to me. And he's an amazing photographer, top of the line. He's the guy that's behind most um, all my music videos. Um, um, him and, and Jennifer Ruff from The Evil Element. But Shadi definitely is one of my guys and go-to people. So Shadi, if you out there and you're listening, thank you for your support. I love you. Um, there's a lot of people who listen to the Sober is Dope podcast that's silent and I don't really, you know, I could tell you guys, I know you're out there. I don't know if you ever reached out to me, but if you're out there, please leave a review on iTunes. Let me know your thoughts. Send me an email if you have any suggestions on how I can make the podcast better. 
just positive suggestions. I'm still dealing with constructive criticism, so I get angry real fast. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm playing. You can send me your constructive criticisms or whatever, but just let me know about the feedback. Let me know if I'm being authentic and I'm helping people because the goal is I want to help. So you can send me your correspondence to the Soap is Dope email at it's monkhealing at gmail.com, okay? That's monkhealing at gmail.com. Like health, healing, monkhealing at gmail.com. So let me know your thoughts. If you're out there, don't remain silent by helping us with the podcast and putting in the reviews and sharing it to social media. You're going to be helping someone out there. A lot of people um, came across this podcast just by one of their friends sharing it. And then they found their sobriety and they took the first leap and the first steps to getting sober. So I want the same thing for you guys. All right. Um, So I love you all. Um, A few more mentions, then we'll move to the next segment. Um, I want to thank... Um, I want to thank Tana from Canada. He was the first person that ever reached out to me. Tana, I haven't heard from you in a while. So if you're still listening, buddy, um, you're younger than me with more years. I think Tana has 10 years of sobriety in. So I'm very impressed by you. I think about you often. Haven't heard from you. Reach out to me on Instagram. Let me know if you're doing well. Okay. Um, Zachary, Zachary, I'm going to showcase. Zachary wrote me an amazing testimony. And Zachary, tonight's your night. I'm going to read your testimony, so thank you for submitting. And Tiffany, also, I'm going to read her testimony at some point tonight. Tiffany, thank you. Carrie Ann from Vancouver, if you're listening, I want to thank you. And um, I appreciate all your feedback on letting me know about the fentanyl crisis and everything that's going on there and being on the same page with me. And... um, I really appreciate you, Carrie Ann, because you was the first, you know, when you explained to me that you have friends and people that you grew up with that's homeless and on the streets and that the fentanyl and methadone has people just losing everything. And, you you know, you see people that you grew up with that had full-blown careers and houses and family just totally strung out. Um, these drugs are bigger than our human bodies and minds can handle. This is real big pharmaceuticals, man. And these drugs, these synthetic drugs coming from China and all of these things in there, and they're so potent and they're so cheap to manufacture, it's killing people. Once they get hooked, they can't. I mean, people are dying, it's so sad. The fentanyl crisis need all of our attention. Because there's a crisis and people are overdosing every day. And it's sad because on one hand, someone may want to get sober, but they feel they're in so much pain that they don't have another hit of that. They can't take the fentanyl. So they need to take it just to feel good. And then when they go through the withdrawal period, they could either kill them or it's just so painful. It's just unimaginable that it's like it's something it's like a catch-22 so it takes a lot of courage to even detox and go through the withdrawal process and once you take it you need it just to feel better and at any time you could just overdose from it your heart could give out and your body could give out so the fentanyl crisis is killing a lot of people and it's sad and I'm thank you for you guys out there in the sober is dope um, community for bringing these awarenesses to me so I could really bring it to the public and let everyone know so um, thank you Carrie Ann I'm always thinking about you thank you for your feedback 
you know, if I'm ever in Vancouver, we'll get up and um, hopefully we can make some change and we can get into the activism together and try to bring more awareness to you guys out there. Um, okay. Um, and um, I want to thank um, uh, Miss Marie Ruff. If you're out there and you're listening, I love you. Thank you for being there for me and never giving up on me. Because you was there during the rough days. You saw it when it got terrible. And we got into our very fights when I used to talk about aliens and Adam Naki and all of this. And I'll be all spaced out and drunk. And you always believed in the God in me. You always knew that I was a God child. And you never gave up on me. So I love you. Um, And I want to thank my mother. My mom. um, Mom. I know you'll probably never hear this because, you know, I'll tell you this to your face. But just so you know, it's out there in the ether. You are the most marvelous person. I'm such a lucky person to be your son. I'm proud to be your son. You are a magical woman. And I know your magic. And you gave me my magic. And I love you. And we are special people from God. And... We're half human and half something else, and you made us magical. And I know that other half of us is all spirit and God. So thank you for giving us our divinity. Thank you for giving us our hopes and dreams. Thank you for giving us our grace. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cut to a message from our sponsor. This is your host, Pop Buchanan, and you are listening to the Sober's Dope Podcast. In our next segment, we will go into the Sober Testimonies. Catch you on the other side. You got to have the courage. Do you have the courage to act outwardly on what you see inwardly? Or will you die a dreamer? Will you die on the verge and on the edge and in the land of coulda, woulda, and shoulda? Do you have the courage? I'm going to drop something on you. It takes courage to be successful. It is far easier not to be successful. Misery will always have company. Success breeds contempt. If you don't want to make waves, be mediocre. Be normal and fit in. And if you're more concerned about people than you are God, then neutralize everything he put in you. Just fit in with everybody else. Dress like them, walk like them, act like them, eat like them, go where they go, think like they think, do what they do. And once you've neutralized your uniqueness, you don't need courage. It takes courage to be different. It takes courage to go where you've never gone before. For some of you, it took courage to come to this conference. It takes courage to get you outside of the bar. It takes courage to be successful. It takes courage to win. People don't talk about people that don't win. If you win, they're gonna talk about you. Do you have the courage to stand there though the storms keep raging and the people get to talking and you stand there and say, I've come too far to turn around? Do you have the courage? I'm going I'm to say something to you. It takes courage to be exceptional. 
It takes courage to be wise. It takes courage to be rich. It takes courage to be educated. It takes courage to be knowledgeable. Because the moment you do, but you, you don't talk like you, oh, you don't got forgot where you came from. Look at you, talking. It takes courage. And I'm just wondering, in this weak, watered-down, mediocre society that we live in today, in this reality TV world we live in today, I'm wondering if there's anybody left that's got the courage to say, after all I've been through, and all my ancestors have been through, and all my parents have been through, I didn't come through all of that just to fit in with normalcy. I have the courage to go after my dream. Is there a woman left in this entire Coliseum that's got some courage? Ladies and gentlemen, it takes courage. It takes profound courage for everyone out there who uh, who faced their demons, who broke free from the darkness. I know it took courage. To everyone that sent in their testimony, you guys are all courageous. I had to play that again because that segment from Bishop T.D. Jake's it's really, 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 it really hits home because for me to be here it took courage and um, it took strength and it took the willingness to survive and persevere. So I wrote a poem for you guys as I was listening to that because I am moved by the grace and I am moved by our, our survival and I am moved by everyone who submitted their words of encouragement in their stories. So here we go. My courage, my courage, my strength to break the bondage and the chains, traps, and snares of toxic things. My courage came from God in my darkness hour before I died, before I crawled, before I did the unthinkable. My courage is from the love, the sacrifice, the peace and tranquility of those who went before me to prepare a special place in the everlasting. My courage was a gift. I adapt to survive. My adaptation was one of grace and peace. No more noise, no more sorrow, no more pity. My courage comes from God. It came from within. So I can, I can. Be one with the everlasting, my courage, by Pop Buchanan. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you, and I am very, very excited today to share these graceful and really powerful testimonies from members of our Sober is Dope community. <clears throat> so... The first testimony I want to read today comes from a gentleman who goes by the name of Zachary D. 
Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> my name is my name is Zach D. I've been sober since 9-23-2017. My drug of choice was methamphetamine. I started messing around when I was about 15 years old, stealing my parents' weed. I would take weed to school and share it with my peers, and eventually I became the weed man for my high school. My popularity soared, and I liked that feeling of fitting in. You see, I never spent more than a year at the same school my whole life because of poverty, or most of the time, just my bad attitude. I was always getting into fights at school and getting kicked out. Eventually, I tried cocaine, and I freaking loved it. A weekend thing with coke eventually became an everyday necessity. Because I'm a low-bottom dope fiend, cocaine started to do nothing for me. I started putting crack rocks and weed blunts, which we call primos, out here in Arizona. It wasn't long before I was smoking straight crack rocks. The crack rock took over my life and I finally got kicked out of my parents' house when they found out that I stole around 1900 from my best friend at the time. That's when I became homeless for the first time. Over the years, I would go to prison three times and get locked up more times than I can count, properly 20 to 30 times. In between prisons and jails, whenever free, I was usually homeless, sleeping on railroad tracks and in abandoned houses. By this time, I had already been doing meth or G, as we called it here in Phoenix. Finally, I was rescued, not arrested, by the Phoenix PD on 9-21-17. I was on probation at this time, and my probation officer wanted the judge to send me back to prison a fourth time. I didn't expect any leniency from the judge. They had my jacket. You see, over the years during my time in prison, I had been a very violent person. I was putting in work from the Mexican Mafia here in uh, Arizona. I was getting free dope, heroin, and commissary for beating up and hurting other inmates that the big homies wanted me to hurt. My third time in prison, my grandfather died. He was the only man I had ever loved. I was able to go to his funeral. Around this time, I had a lot more anger in me than I usually had. I ended up stabbing a man 47 times. Only by the grace of God, I was released on my regular release date about six months later. Today, I have a good job. I am married. I attend AA and NA meetings on a regular basis. I am no longer lost and homeless. Today, thanks to God and the fellowship, I ate. Today I showered. Today I did not rob or steal from anyone. Today I do not have a warrant out for my arrest. Tonight I will sleep in my bed in my own apartment. Thank you for letting me share. God bless. Wow. Zach D, man, listen. <clears throat> you know, it's. It, I feel like... You know, your story could have ended in so many different ways, brother. So I'm extremely happy for you. One, for you having the courage and strength to, you know, fly straight. And I'm just excited that you survived. You know, by you surviving and getting out of that darkness, it gives a lot of us out there hope. Because, you know, by reading that, your story could have went 
either way and you was battling some extremely strong drugs man and um yo brother god bless you and thank you for your testimony and um i really i'm gonna pray for you i know you're praying for me zach and um and I hope your story helps people because, look, you made it out of the prison system. You beat the drugs. You were able to get married, clean your life up, get your house and everything. And I say that, man, that's that's nothing short than miraculous. You're a miracle and you're a walking testimony. And I'm proud that you're part of the Sober's Dope universe, brother. And um, God bless you and thank you for sharing. So you see, ladies and gentlemen... There's people out there that's changing every day and people out there that's willing to do the work. And there's people out there with horror stories, you understand, that that really came around. You know, um, when I met Zach D online, looking at his picture, you wouldn't even think that he went through all of this. You know what I'm saying? Um, So he don't look like what he been through and God worked miracles through him you know, and that's what the Sober's Dope podcast is about. It's about showcasing and highlighting the benefits of sobriety and how people could get their life back. So there's hope. So if you're out there and you're struggling for methamphetamines or crack cocaine or anything like that, use Zach D as a role model. If he could come back from the darkness, then you can too. So don't stay in the darkness. You know, you could, you could find your way out. Moving along to our next testimony. This testimony is from Tiffany. Oh, I was a youth leader at a church for four years. I was a true army wife and mother of three. My mother passed away December 18, 2012. Two months later, my husband left me. I was a victim of sexual abuse from the age of 11 through 29. My son's dad was very abusive for eight years. I lied to him about who my son's dad was. After my mom passed away, I thought I was doing the right thing for my son, but unfortunately the abuse began again. I lost my kids due to the abuse. I went downhill quickly. I used meth to cope with everything so I didn't feel it. The abuse got worse and so did my drug use. I was arrested for the first time at age 30. I spiraled out of control even more. Went on the run numerous times just so I could continue my use. I ended up going to prison in October 2017. I thank God for me being arrested that July because that is when I decided enough is enough. I was killing myself. Did I really want to do that to my children? By God's good grace, July 20th, I have two years sober from meth. I have relationships back that I lost. I am smiling back in church. I am giving back to other addicts by volunteering at a recovery center in Logmont, Colorado. I hope to one day become a drug abuse counselor. I now have goals that I never would have thought possible. I'm still working through the grief and loss of my mom, but I am doing it the right way. I really want to help others so they don't go through the things that I have. Domestic violence, drug abuse, pure hopelessness. If I can recover and change my life, I know I can help other people who think they can't. My name is Tiffany O. July 20th, I have two years sober from meth. I currently... Yo, Tiffany... Oh, my God. You know, 
First of all, Tiffany, I'm very sorry about your sexual abuse and your physical abuse. You didn't deserve none of that. It was no excuse for that, and I, I'm a, I, I'm sorry for that. And you are you are a miracle because you overcame that, and that took immense strength. And you know, a lot of people go through a lot to cope with that form of abuse because that puts you into a really dark place where you feel like you don't have no way out. And honestly, like, you don't deserve that. No one deserves to be hit or abused and stuff like that. So I'm so happy that you got better for your kids. And um, may your mom rest in peace and God bless her. You know, she's in a good place and she's looking down on you as a bigger angel. And you will become a counselor one day. And I'm glad you have your dreams and aspirations because that's what sobriety gives us. It gives us our hope back. And, you know, as a human, the saddest thing is to lose hope. Anything that robs you of hope can't be good. It has to be dark. It has to be evil. And it can't be from God because God created us because he wanted us to be creators like him to go out there and build and add value to the planet and to help other people so you hold on to your hopes and dreams and thank you so much for your submission to the sober is dope project um i love your unique spelling of your name by the way and um i will follow up with you some more and we all thank you from the sober is dope community for your contribution god bless you tiffany and thanks again. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go again. Another testimony. You know, sometimes, you know, for me, being almost, being pretty much homeless and hitting rock bottom was the turning point for me. And I got tired of sleeping on my friend's floor. You know what? I forgot to thank someone. Thank you to my friend Celsius because Celsius was one of my great friends who allowed me to sleep, you know, um, to stay with him in those dark, the final days where I really had nothing, man. And, you know, pretty much every, I just had no more doors open to me. And the final door, I remember those days, um, Celsius would let me stay with him when he came back from work. And, um, so I had to roam around and try to figure out what to do until he came back. And it was simple. It was like, we had this understanding. It was like this unspoken thing where he knew, like, Pop, this is the end for you. You're going to go straight. Because, you know, because it was a rough patch. I, I'm a good guy. You guys know my background story. So addiction and, you know, I don't know. Sell always. He never lost respect for me. He always kept, my res- high, kept me in high regards. And it was just like this thing. He was just like, it was just me. I was by myself. And we'll watch The Twilight Zone. We'll eat dirty burgers, and that's what we call the dirty burgers and dirty chicken, fried chicken, you know, from the the local chicken spot. You know, Brooklyn has all the cool chicken spots, and, you know, I would, you know, I would try to get whatever money I could get up to just get my beers. If I was lucky, I'll get my brandy. And I just slept on the floor. Like, you know, I could have, he had a place, a couch I could have slept on, but I was like, nah, man, I'm just going to sleep on the floor, man. I'm just, I just need to lay down. And I think those were some of the most mystical days for me because it was the end. It was the tail end. It was like, after this, I'm just going to, I knew, you know, from here, 
all roads are closed and God was just trying to say like kid this is it if you don't if you don't bring it to if you don't get it together now then the opportunity is going to be closed to you forever and I just used to sleep on that floor for those three or four days I was with him in the end and I just literally was just like it was deep, man. And I had, you know, when I could get my brandy out, drink it. At this point, every time I would drink even a sip, I would just knock out because I was so undernourished and just burnt out. And I was at my wit's end. And it was just the final days, man. And I remember one of those days where he just kind of was like, yo, I have to. I was waiting for him, I think, to come back home. And I don't think he ever did. I think he had to stay out the whole night or something like that. And I was just roaming around that morning and um, I was just walking around somewhere in East New York or Brownsville. And I remember just walking and I asked someone, did they have um, a dollar or something? And they walked past me. Then I asked someone, did I borrow a cigarette? And everyone was just ignoring me, man. And I just was like, got on my knees and started like praying, man. And just said, God, I'm ready and I'm in trouble and I'm spiritually, I need help and please. And God just sent me every, he just blessed me and that was almost seven years ago, and today I'm here, and, you know, I'm doing well, and God is good, right? So for me, my rock bottom was just being at my total wit's end. Tiffany's rock bottom was, was like, you know, her going to jail, and that, and her, and, and she appreciated that. She was happy, because sometimes when you get apprehended and locked up, it's just like that's like a form of detox, man. You got to get sober in jail, even though you could get tanked in jail. For most people who really want to get well, when they go to jail, they're like, "Look, I get three square meals a day. I could I could exercise and I could sleep, and that helps some people." So, and just like Zach had that in common, you know, when he said, "I wasn't arrested, I was rescued," that's really deep. And God rescued me when I prayed to Him. In the middle of the street on my knees, it said, God, um, I feel like I'm captured. Something evil got me. Something put me. I was in a sunken place, guys. And God just was like, I'm coming out. And I felt like for me, for all, for, from a spiritual side, um, you know, as part of my testimony from the spiritual side of it all, I literally felt like... Um, when I prayed, I literally felt like God was saying to me, I can't get to you unless because I was so dark and I was so done and I was in such a sunken place. God was like, I need you to commit. I need you to acquiesce. I need you to get on I need you to ask I need you to give me permission to come into your life because I'm not at this point to change God was like I need you to I need to hear it I need you to ask me I need you to you know because I felt like at that point God was just like yo I trust like this kid is gonna have to figure it out I had to go through all the motions by myself God just said part of the deal is I'm gonna keep you alive enough long enough for you to figure it out but the clock is ticking 
Because there's people out there that need my help, and I can't hold on give you grace forever and ever if you just out here drinking and acting stupid. So my thing was when I got serious and I realized this was a spiritual crisis and then I was under spiritual attack and I was locked in the chains and bondage of addiction and I really wanted out, I went to God. And God was like, I thought you'll never ask. I'm on my way. And God came and got me your boy, and years later, look where I'm at. I'm here and I'm healthy. I look like a damn bodybuilder right now, man. I'm in the best shape of my life. You know, I walk down the block, people look at me like, look at this guy, he's in shape. I got, I'm like, you know, I got my little fly gray hair. I look young as hell with gray hair. You know, I have my money, I have a car, I have, a, you know, I have two, three businesses. God is good, man. And I'm just like, I never missed a beat, really, you know. And, um, again, I don't look like what I've been through. And if I didn't tell you guys my story, you would never think I know I had an addiction. You can't even tell. Like, it's no indication that I suffered in that way. And that's not because I'm good. That's because God's good. Amen? Like, it ain't me, man. The glory goes unto the Father in heaven. And the glory goes, the glory belongs to the Lord. And the battle belongs to the Lord. I, it was a book that I always remember. The battle belonged to the Lord. And I used to always say, I'm fighting this thing by myself. But when I remember that I wasn't by myself, that the, the, the one who created us you know, was it waits for us to come home and to ask to be transformed and delivered. And I was surely delivered. So that's my testimony. So um, our next testimony was a submission from our um, um, Billy B, our main man, Billy. Um, you guys who's part of the Sober's Dope community know about um, Billy. Billy was in the testimony, the part one, the Sober Testimonies part one. And Billy has been very instrumental in me shaping the podcast. And he's been giving me a lot of perspective with his story. And I pray for him every day. And I know he prays for me too. So this is what Billy said. I'm going to read what he submitted. And I'm going to read the last email he sent me. So this is what Billy submitted to the Sober's Dope Project. I'm Billy B. I'm 53 years old. I'm a husband of an amazing queen and father of two amazing, beautiful daughters. My drug, my drug of choice is opiates. I have heroin in my past and I haven't used it for 24 years. My latest bout with opiates was pills. At the time, I had somewhere between 18 and 20 years clean. I started using oxycodone and narco for pain I used in secret for five and seven years, five to seven years. It started slow, but the disease, tra the disease train gained momentum until I was hopelessly hooked and I couldn't take it anymore. That's when I met you and entered the Sober's Dope universe. I'm a good person. Life is beautiful. I have 22 days clean today. Blessings. And I love you, Pop, your main man, Billy. Oh, man, Billy, you always get you always get me, Billy. You always get me. Oh, my God. And this is Billy's latest um, update. So today's his 
the day 30. So when he wrote that and sent that submission in, that was day 22. So I'm going to share his latest um, update with us. So this is Billy. Um, hey, Pop, 30 days today, bro. I'm sitting at the beach reflecting on how good it feels to be sober. Going to teach some kids how to surf and try to get my French Bulldog Max on the board, too. Oh, Pop, I'm totally excited about the recovery process and getting healthy in my mind, body, and spirit. Taking small steps in each area and trying to remember to easy does it. Low stress but high vibrations, my brother. I can't wait to do an episode when you're, whenever you feel the timing is right. I love the podcast. Being in the SSD universe is living life without those poison pills. Thanks for everything. Your daily inspiration is helping my mind heal from a disease to a sober state. I work outdoors outdoors alone all day, and that's why I stay plugged in. Gigo, good in, good out. Love you, Pop, and I hope you are blessed. Don't let none of those damn haters mess with you, your main man, Billy. Well, Billy, man, you you know it from your and the same thing goes for you, man. Um, I think, you know, reading your stuff, Billy, you give me courage and I want you to know that. So keep sending in your updates, Billy. And we're all in the Sober Dope community rooting for you your day 30 congratulations like i woke up today and i said let me email billy and check in and it was day 30 so i didn't even know it was day 30 i just knew i was like yo i miss billy let me check in and make sure my main man billy's doing well billy wherever you at in the world i know one day we'll meet man but you just give me so much hope that we're on the right track and thank you for your courage Thank you for being humble and open-minded and taking my suggestions and utilizing them. And thank you also for taking me seriously. You know, um, I'm younger than you and you could have said, uh, you know, I don't want to listen to this guy and what a, he don't know what he's talking about. And I got 24 years and, you know, and you was definitely humble and your story helps me every day i always think about you and i'm always praying for you so god bless you ladies and gentlemen this is what the sober's dope podcast is all about all right i want you guys to support if you're listening to this have mercy and compassion on anyone in your life that's um struggling with addiction but be stern with them okay because my friends know. I'm going to let them know. Like, come on. Are we going to still doing this? We still doing this? It's, come on. What's going on? What you doing? What's the end game? What's the plan? You don't have a plan? Why are we doing this? Come on. You're hurting yourself. And what I try to explain to the people that I love that still, you know, struggle with addiction is that it hurts me when I see them hurting. You know, when you love someone and you see them struggling, you're like, it has to be a better way. And it hurts. And I just want the best for the people that I love. And that's even for the people I don't know. If you're out there and you're struggling, we just want the best for all you guys. And we want you to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's hope. There's transformation. You can recover from the darkness. You can recover the things that you lost. And you can recover from your past. And you can build a new life and a new future. That's why we call it recovery. Because you're recovering from some form of affliction. 
you can get better. Healing is the main focal point. We're all healing. And we have a lot of internal scars and trauma, spiritual trauma, emotional trauma, psychological trauma, physical trauma, okay? And we're all suffering in a way and we're all recovering from that suffering. And then in our recovery and in our sobriety, we're healing, right? And we're all like monks and priests and in our own little way, we have our own testimony and our own living ministry because every day we choose to do better and not use is the day that we make the world a better place, all right? Because no one chooses to be born with an allergy to alcohol or allergic to drugs. And, you know, sometimes it all starts with just trying to have a good time, trying to numb the pain, trying to find an outlet. And then these really, these man-made synthetic things just takes a grip on our bodies and our minds and it takes us over. And then we struggle. And for those who make it out alive and have a story to tell, God bless them. And we do this for all those who did not make it out alive and they can't tell their own stories. Every day someone is dying and overdosing from drugs or alcohol. This is a life, this is a national global crisis. This is a global international crisis. Every day someone is dying. There's a kid out there that's struggling. There's someone who's losing their marriage, losing their life, losing their health, losing a kidney, losing a liver, going, you know, getting sick, hitting disease. And so every day people suffer in secrecy, people suffer in public. Right. Every time you see a homeless person or someone who's out there and they strung out and they lost everything, just say a prayer for them. Just say a prayer. Because lately I've been seeing a lot of addicts and people that's out there panhandling and they and they smile for you. When you look at them in scorn, they smile. And I know the, I know that look in their eyes. They're like, okay, I know the world gave up on me, but I'm not giving up. And no matter how low they may look to you, that person is fighting with everything they have. So have mercy and compassion because you never know when or if you're going to be on the other side of that judgment. And you're the one that's struggling or you're the one that's sick or you're the one that needs help or you're the one that needs to panhandle. So ju- I try not to judge. So... So I'm very excited today, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a very, very profound episode. Those testimonies from um, Zach D, Tiffany O, and Billy B, and yours truly, Pop Buchanan, um, all of our testimonies together is a song. It's one big song. And I'm going to leave you guys on that note. I hope you guys like the poem I wrote for y'all just now called My Courage. Um, I'm going to print it up and have it readily available for you guys. And um, I just want to end this with a poem that I wrote that's recited by my girlfriend, Jennifer Ruff. And the reason why I want to leave this poem, this poem is for Zachary... This poem is for Tiffany and this poem is for Billy and everyone that's sending their testimonies and everyone that's recovering from addiction. The poem is called Born Again Me and this is, I feel like we're all born again in our sobriety and it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for joining the Sober is Dope movement. Thank you for listening to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. 
Um, my sober date is December 15, 2012. I am six and a half years sober. Um, I can't wait to get to my seven-year celebration. That's a special number for me. Um, and um, I'm an alcoholic and recovering alcoholic, and I'm an addict, and I'm proud that I could bring my story and share it with you. I love you guys. I'll catch you on the other side. Born Again Me, a poem by Pop Buchanan. Immature attempts of sobriety, inevitable relapse painful. Ignore constructive criticism as an addict always anal. A binge of seven and seven months at time I swam. It was hard to listen to brethren before drowning, I just ran. I had to find the will to heal this disorder, both cellular and spiritual, or send my soul to slaughter. Darkness within darkness, grim have been my dreams of late. Pray my liver is not dead. Pray the Lord my soul to take. I'm in too deep to heal. Let the cup pass me now. If I was born to be a miracle, I guess God couldn't be proud. I can give up and drown forever into a void. Let the darkness pierce my inner sun, for death I can't avoid. I feel this life of promise. Alcohol is my demon. I can join my place as hell, committed suicide by demon. Before the lights went out, I cried to God for rescue. I'm powerless over addiction. I need you, God, for rescue. On my deathbed, I seen light. Then I started to breathe. I'm no longer sinking. I'm rising out the sea. I prayed to God for strength and traveled on dry land. He held my hand with love. Then never again I ran. Many years later, I conquered every sea, the king and queen of dry terrain, thy sober I shall be. So thankful for the hope to God the glory be. I almost died drowning, now I am born again complete. The born again me.